you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Hallelujah. Well, listen, church, we are going to jump back into our teaching that we've been here on the last several weeks here, talking about the name. Amen. The name of Jesus. How many of y'all know that, that the name of Jesus is the name that is above every name? There is no name that's greater than his. Amen. The, he is the name he is the pinnacle of all names. All authority has been placed in his name. Amen. If is there uh, now, I guess is there anyone getting a revelation of these things? It took it took me a while to get a revelation on these things. Amen. Why? Because you're used to being able to do things on your own in your own power. Amen. But listen, we get a revelation of who he is, what his name stands for. Amen. That it stands for the name of the king. It represents him, the conqueror himself. Listen, church, it'll begin to change everything in your life. I'm going to tell you something. This is important. I mean, there's a lot of doctrines that are important in the church, but I'm telling you, this is a, an important doctrine, especially in this day and age that we're living in with all the, the nonsense that's coming up against us and that's going to be coming up against us. You, you better understand how to operate in authority. You better understand how to operate by the church instead of getting to the place where we're begging God to do something for us all the time. We need to begin to become the people who he's called us to be. Amen. See, see, many times we're walking around waiting for Jesus, waiting for God to do something for us. Well, God's already done it. Amen. Amen. But we got to allow, we got to allow what he's done to flow through us. Amen. So we got to get hooked up with his word, understand what his word has to say. Amen. Because listen, if we don't, if we, if we can't capture, if we can't, if we can't stand on this revelation, this is what will begin to stagger. And we'll stagger in our faith. We'll stagger like a bunch of drunks walking around, staggering in and out of our faith walk, staggering in and out of getting beat up by the adversary, staggering in and out of what the, what the world and the world system has for us. Amen. All the while, all the while living, like, living like much of the church does nowadays, you know, living absolutely powerless, wondering why, wondering why God doesn't want to help us. I'm telling you, church, that's not our God at all. That's not our God at all. I mean, we don't need to be walking around in hell here on this earth. No, we're called to actually bring heaven down to this earth. Amen. Having the, the place where God dwells, it's on the inside of us, but we're called to release it, not barricade it up, not dam it up. Amen. But, but release these things into the world around us. Amen. Amen. So, so listen, how, how did Jesus receive this name? I mean, for us to build faith in something, we've got to understand why he received it. This way, when we start speaking the name of Jesus, we know it's not just a curse word you say at the football match. It's not, a, it's not just a name that's, that's, that's used to, to close out a prayer. No, there's, there's power in that name. But see, for you to understand the power in it, you've got to understand how he received it. I mean, how did he receive this name? Well, he received it just like any man does. I mean, like any man here, here on this earth, you can receive it of one of three ways. You say, how's that? You can receive it by inheritance. And what does that mean? You can see it like a, like a king. You don't have to earn it. It's because of the blood that's flowing through your body. It's because of the family you were birthed in. You can receive it by an inheritance. You can receive it by it being bestowed upon you, being conferred upon you. You can receive it also by conquering, right? Like a like 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 knights and different 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 uh, people that used to be of, of the old days when they when they do something well when they were great warriors for the kingdom they may get knighted and then brought into nobility they got a name of nobility conferred upon them or or given to them for the conquest that they have correct now jesus jesus not not like man he does everything a little bit better than we do amen um, a whole lot better than we do I mean, so he didn't just receive his name by one of these three ways like men did. He received it all three ways. Why? Because the, the word tells us out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, it says, let every word be established. And he received his name by three ways. You say, well, how did he receive it? By inheritance. Did he receive it when he was born in heaven? No, because he wasn't born in heaven. Amen. How so, I many know Jesus was not born in heaven? Amen. He's all, he always has been. There always has been the Father. There always has been the Son. There always has been the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus was not born in heaven. He, he, is, he is the begotten of God, but just as the Nicaean, uh, Nicaean Creed says, he is of the essence of God as well, right? He always was. He always was. Well, if he wasn't born in heaven, and where was he born? When he came through Mary's womb here on this earth? Absolutely not. Why? Because that's not what the Scripture teaches us. What does the Scripture say there in, in Acts chapter 13, verse 33? He says, when he was raised up, when he raised Jesus up again from the dead, what did he say? He said, this day you are my son. This day have I begotten you. This day have I begotten you. When was he begotten? Not, not when he was in heaven. Not when he was birthed through the, through the, the birth canal here, here on this earth. But no, when he was raised up from the dead, the Father looked at him and said, this day. This day have I begotten you. 
This day have you, have you been birthed. This day have I given you the name by inheritance. He also received it by being bestowed upon him. He also had it conferred upon him. And what, what, does that, what does that mean? It means to, to have it given to him as an honor or has given to him a gift or has given it to him as a right. Amen. So when, was, when did Jesus receive this as a right? Well, in some of my favorite scriptures here in Philippians chapter 2. It says that who being found in the very form of God or who being in the very essence of God thought it not robbery to be equal with him. See, Jesus, see, he, he was absolutely amazing. He's not like men. He's not like people on this earth. Now, now they, they don't try to see someone that does something really good or a boss and say, no, I want that boss's position. No, no, Jesus was quite different. He humbled himself underneath the Father. He is of the absolute essence of the Father, but he, he's placed himself underneath him. He says, he who being found in the very form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and made himself in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion of man, it says, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Wherefore God has so highly exalted him, and he gave him what? He gave him a name. He gave him a name that was above every name. He gave him a name. When was this bestowed upon him? When, when Jesus humbled himself. When he came obedient to the will of the Father. What, what did the Father do? He gave him a name that, that possesses authority. A name that, that possesses power. Now listen, church, we talked about this last week. We talked about last week, the third way that Jesus received this name. How, what was the third way he received it? By conquering. Amen. As he conquered by conquest, he also received a name. Amen. We find we find this out here in, in uh, what is this here in, in uh, yeah, let's say there in, in verse eight of Philippians chapter two. Let's come off the backside of that. It says, "And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and came obedient unto death, even death on the cross." It says, "Wherefore God hath so highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus." It says, "Every knee shall bow in the things of heaven and things of earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord." Under the glory of God. What does that mean? It means that every angel in heaven bows their knee to Jesus. Every human on this earth, whether you like it or not, you're going to be bowing to the name of Jesus. You better choose to do that now before it's too late, amen? Any, any, any devil that's in hell, listen, they're bowing the name to Jesus. Now, why are the devils in hell bowing their name to Jesus? Is it because they're, they're just so sweet? I mean, because they want, to, they want to do a good job. They just want to be a blessing to Jesus. So when Jesus comes around, they, they bow down and they confess him to be Lord. <laughs> no, absolutely not, church. These are the ones that, that, that brought forth rebellion. This is, this is the, 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 their leader, Satan himself, was the one that took a third of the angels and went down and tried to destroy the creation that God made, the thing that God loves. I mean, you think they're bowing down to him because they want to? Why are they bowing down to him? Because they're forced to. Because they were conquered. They were conquered. And church, we, got, we have got to understand these things. They were conquered. Now listen here, go one, go one book over to the right here. Uh, in, in Colossians chapter 2. These are some verses we left off last week, but, but can we just go a little bit deeper in them today? Amen. Does anyone like to go a little bit deeper? Amen. Does anyone like the word? Amen. Let's just, let's just dig a little bit deeper in what, in what the word of God says here and what the scriptures say here. In verse 14, it says, And blotting out the handwriting and the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. I like the Amplified. It says it bl he blotted out and wiped out every handwriting of a note or bond or legal decrees or demands which was in force and stood against us or stood hostile to us. What is this saying? Listen, when we, when we were sinners, when you once were a sinner and you, and you were doing things that were contrary to the word of God, there is a law that says that the wage of sin is death. Amen. The, the wage of sin, when you do start doing stuff in rebellion against the things of God, it opens up the door for death to come in your life. There's a death warrant that can be placed out against you. And Jesus said, listen, I took every single one of those death warrants and I nailed it under the cross. He goes, everything that, that said that it had a weapon against you, I took it up. Everything that Satan could accuse you with and I nailed it to the cross. Why? Because he's that good. I mean, he took all of our sin, he took all of our iniquity, amen, and he put it upon him, nailing it up to the cross. It says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. As the Amplified says, publicly, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. He spoiled darkness, church. 
See, if, 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 see if, we could just, if we could just come to this place of understanding this, amen, that, that darkness has been spoiled, I'm telling you, it will change your outlook on everything. Amen. Darkness has been spoiled. It has no power over you. You say, what does that mean? He went down. He defeated darkness. He defeated death. He defeated uh, hell in the grave. And he, he stripped from them. He spoiled it from them. You know, listen, now we talk about spoil. We, 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 look, at, look, we look at things like, like we do nowadays, like you spoil your children. I mean, you give them everything you want. That's not what the word's talking about here. This is talking about he's spoiled, meaning like when the, 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 the kings of old, when they go in and they defeat a nation or they defeat an empire, anything that was of value in that nation, including the women, including the children, including the gold and all the riches, what they do, they went and spoiled it. They went and they took it all for themselves. Amen. So what did Jesus do? He's saying he went down and he spoiled darkness. He spoiled darkness. He stripped away everything they had that had power against you. Everything that, that had a power to accuse you, anything they had to harm you, anything they had to value. Amen. What did he, he went and he took it. He took it for him and said, nope, you can't use these things anymore. He says, you can't use these things anymore. See, people ask me, they say, they say Ryan, uh, why, do, why do you have such a strong stance? Why, why do you have a non-negotiable stance on healing, on prosperity, on, 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 on your authority over the enemy? Why do you have such a strong stance in these things? Because listen, church, these things were defeated on the cross. They're defeated on the cross. They're come on, church, they're defeated on the cross. We all should have a strong stance on these things because they have been defeated. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what's trying to come against you. Listen, church, they've been defeated on the cross. I mean, when Jesus got up on this cross and he, and he received these things, what did it do? It opened up the door for him to go down to hell and conquer these things for each and every one of us. And I'm telling you, it's an absolute travesty for the church. It's an absolute travesty for the body of Christ not to receive these things. I mean, Jesus has purchased these things for us. Why in the world are we just going to leave them just, just sitting there? We'll just leave it sitting there on the shelf. We don't want to bother with that. I mean, when, especially when we talked about last week when we we're going over Psalms 88 and we saw what Jesus actually went through as he was crying out to the Father, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me as he became separated from him? And we look at, oh, these things aren't that big deal. I can handle it. I'll just, I'll just deal with it. It's a travesty. It's like spitting in his face and saying, oh, what you did is not really good enough. I'm telling you, church, we, we, we need to be strong in these things. Why? Because he purchased them for you. It's a gift. He, he said, listen, you couldn't do it, Luke, yourself. So I'm giving it to you. All you got to do is take a hold of it. All you got to do is grab a hold of it and receive it. It's as simple as that, we, but we need to walk in it. Listen, church, I refuse. I mean, I'm telling you, I absolutely refuse to dishonor Jesus. I refuse to dishonor what he's done for us. I refuse to bow the knee into religion. I refuse to bow my knee into, into, into the naysayers that are out there saying God can't do these things. I refuse to bow my knee into these things. Why? Because I won't dishonor him. I'm not going to dishonor him. I don't care what things go on in my life. I don't serve religion. I don't serve naysayers. I serve the king. Amen. We, we got to get back into this place. Amen. It says that he spoiled principalities. He's despoiled uh, the kingdom of darkness, principalities and powers. He spoiled these things for each and every one of us. It says he made a show of them openly and publicly, triumphing over them. How did he triumph over them? By the cross. He triumphed over them. How? He triumphed over them by the cross. Now, we didn't get into this a whole lot last week, but I think we're going to dive into it just, just a little bit today. Amen. Now, listen, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope some of you wore your, your dancing shoes in here today. I think Melvin has his on. I, I hope some of you wearing your, your shouting shoes in here. I mean, I'm telling you, it's so good to hear. I, I love hearing Melvin worship, you know, in, in worship services, man. It's, a, it's, it's such a blessing to have him in the house today. Glory to God. Amen. But listen, church, this is, this is amen, so, something that we as a church, we need to get excited for. Amen. What do we say last week? We say that, that, that Jesus, he didn't go down to Abraham's bosom. He didn't go into paradise. And I know this is, this, is a, this is a pushback on what a lot of the churches teach nowadays. But I'm going to tell you, church, listen, you got to listen to me and you got to listen to me good. Amen. Jesus didn't go down to paradise and kick his, kick his legs up, put, sit on the, on, on the beach, you know, waiting, waiting for three days and three nights for, for the Holy Ghost to come get him out of that place. He didn't go down to a place of relaxation. This isn't where he went. He went into the pit of hell for each and every one of us. Now, he did go into Abraham's bosom. He did go into paradise. 
paradise. You said, what for? After he conquered darkness, he went and he grabbed all the captives. Every one of those saints of old that, that, were, that were waiting for Jesus, he went, he went and he grabbed all of them and he took them to the right hand of the Father with himself. Amen. But that's not, that wasn't the beginning. That wasn't the end of where he, of where he started. No, church. No, no, no. Remember, remember he, when he was up on that cross, remember, he, he received our sin. He received our iniquity. And when he received these things, listen, this is when, and he yielded himself unto death. Amen. Why? Because no one could have killed him. He yielded himself. He gave himself over to death. And when he gave himself over to these things, what did it do? It opened up the, opened up the door for him to go to a place that he really wasn't permitted to go to. Say, what is that? He went down to Satan's home. He, he went down to Satan's home. Why? Because he, he was going down there to conquer. See, this is why if you can get these things through your head, when he was up on that cross, when he said, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? It wasn't that he was just sitting there, you know, you know wondering, trying to quote the Bible. That's not what Jesus was doing. Now, this is when he became separated as, as sin and iniquity became upon him. And he, and he knew, I'm fixing to walk away from things. I'm fixing to walk out of the circle of union and go into a place that, that I've never stepped in before. And I'm telling you, it had to be a dark place for this is what Psalms 88 is talking about. Talking about that, that dark place when he begins to cry out to God, cry out to the Father himself. It says that he, he went to three days and three nights into the belly of the well. He could prophesy, I'm going to do the same thing like, like Jonah, like the prophet Jonah. I'm going to go to three days and three nights in the belly of the well, in the belly of this earth, in the belly of this earth. Now, I know. Now, I know there's ministers out there that, you know, there's some that they like, to, they like to teach that, you know, Jesus, that, that he went down to, to hell and he was beat and he was abused and he was whipped and he was tortured. Now, listen, I'm not saying that stuff is right. I'm not saying it's wrong. All I'm saying is I don't, I don't find a whole lot of scriptural evidence for it. Amen. So, we, so I'm not going down that direction. I don't, I don't necessarily think Jesus went down there as beat because I, th- I think if we get a reality of what hell actually is, Amen. Yeah, it's torture enough in itself. You say, what is that? It is, it is being separated from, from the God of love forever. It's being in, in darkness. It's being the place that you gnash your teeth because of darkness and you're surrounded by evil, completely absent from light. And I'm telling you, this, this, this itself has to, be, has to be torture enough. Torture enough for him to say, you know, my God, my God, why, why are you forsaking me? Why are you forsaking me? And we got to hear that. We got to hear the cry of Jesus. We got to hear his cry. Because I'm telling you, it was something big that he did. This was not something a little feat that he did. This was huge. This was huge. You say, well, why did he, he go down there? Why did he go to hell? Listen, if we can, if we can get in line with the early church fathers as a, the patristic fathers did here. You can see you know, they made statements in you know, the third century. And even in the fifth century, we have the Apostles' Creed that came out that said that, that Jesus went to hell. Why did it, did it specify that Jesus went to hell on these days? Why? Because you had, you had different doctrines trying to come forth to say that, no, the sovereignty of God, Jesus could never do that. Jesus would never go to that place. Well, I'm telling you, yes, he did. Yes, he did. This is, this is why the fathers brought this up. This is why the fathers put it in things that we can speak forth, amen, to where, to where we can receive these things forever. Because listen, church, I know we want to fight against these things, because sometimes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But if we'll go with what the scriptures say, we'll see that Jesus actually conquered it. If he conquered it, you'll find out why darkness has no power over you anymore. Amen? Because see, the church, it struggles a lot with darkness. We, we shouldn't be struggling with darkness. Why? Because Jesus, he, he already defeated it. See, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, what, what does it talk about? You know, it says, if, if none of the princes of this world would knew it. Amen. It says, if, if none of the princes of this world knew, for if they would have known, they would never have crucified the king of glory. They never would have crucified Jesus himself. You know, what, what, what is this even talking about? See, Satan, when he saw Jesus upon the cross, and he saw the Father pouring out sin, pouring out iniquity, pouring out sickness, pouring out poverty, pouring out the curse upon his son. He's sitting there looking. He said, he said look at this guy. Look at this guy. I got him. I got him. He's on the cross. He's going to give himself up to death. I got this guy. He's mine. He's mine forever. Because see, with all that sin upon him, when he comes down to hell, he can't come out of that place. He's going to be mine, and he's going to be mine for eternity. I got him. He must have become thick like those humans. As, he, as, as Jesus, when he came down to, to, to this world and became like a human, he must have become thick. He must have become senseless. He must have become ignorant like those humans did because why in the world would he have taken upon sin? Why in the world would he yield himself unto death? See, the scripture said if, if Satan, all, if he knew what was taking place, he never, he never would have let the Pharisees. He never would have led Judas. He never would have did what he could do to get Jesus on the cross because, listen, church, it came to his demise. 
It came to his demise. Amen. See, Satan, if only knew. If Satan would only knew. Amen. He, he would have let, let the king just live here forever. Amen. Why? Because he never would have got destroyed for it. He never would have got destroyed for it. But what does Colossians 2.15 say? Uh, the Passions translation, I think that's beautiful. It says, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all powers and principalities and darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and their power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. It says he was not their prisoner. They were his. He was not their prisoner. Church, they were his. Amen. See, when the Father sent Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, to resurrect Jesus, amen, from the grave, you know, Jesus is down in the pit of hell, and he's sitting there, and he's down there for three days and three nights. You know, we don't know everything that took place in those three days and three nights, but we knew what was about to take place. You say, what is that? When the Holy Ghost came down, and he, and he raised up Christ from the dead, I'm telling you, it woke, it woke, it woke the adversary wide open. You say, why is that? Because the very next thing says, he made made a public spectacle of him. How do you make a public spectacle of him? In the cross, right? But see, you see, all of us, we, 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 we want to come to this place of, of thinking it was just the cross that, that, where, that where he came up. Jesus did everything on the cross. Listen, church, Jesus did do everything on the cross, but it was the beginning. It's not the end. I mean, the cross is, is, is the powerful place. It's what opened up the door, amen, for Jesus to come to us, to come re- defeat and conquer hell. It, it, it opened the door for these things, but it's a really impoverished place to stop. And we don't stop at the cross. We don't stop at the death. We don't stop at the burial. We stop at what? The resurrection. I mean, the resurrection is where things were completed. The resurrection is where he received his name. The resurrection is where he put his blood upon the mercy seat forever to be poured out upon anyone who calls his name. I'm telling you, thank God for the cross, but thank God we don't have to stop there. He got redeemed. He got redeemed. He got, he, he came to life. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father forever for us. He made a public spectacle of your adversary. You say, what does that mean? Well, it's the same thing that, that happened in the old days, like when generals would go into these, these towns. They, they'd go take all their spoil. What else would they do? See, see, they had a lot of honor, amen, for people in authority. So they never would usually, they usually would never kill kings. What'd they do? They'd usually strip them naked and embarrass them. Amen, they start marching them around the town, starting to march them around the city. Amen, showing, listen, listen, this was, this was your king. He's defeated. He's weak. But now put your eyes on the real king. Amen, they'd march on, well, Jesus did the same thing. Amen, see, when he went down in heaven, the Holy Ghost began to resurrect him. The Holy Ghost, the power of the Spirit of God came upon him. What did he do? He walked over, he walked over to Satan when Satan had to be trembling in his boots. I mean, he, he walked over to him and he started marching him around. When he began to march him around the place of hell, what happened? Every demon, every fallen angel that was down there, what did they begin to do? They began to bow down. Now, why? Because the King of Kings was now on the scene. I mean, Jesus, Jesus sitting there, you know, twirling the keys of, heaven, of, of hell and death on his finger as he's walking around. I'm telling you, everything that was in hell began to bow their name and confess, he is truly the king. He is, he is the king. He conquered them. He defeated and he spoiled them. He spoiled them. I'm telling you, church, this is powerful. This is powerful. Yeah, let's just jump over there. Jump over there to, to Revelations chapter 1 real quick. Let's, uh, let's maybe, the, maybe we give a little bit more insight. In Revelations chapter 1. In Revelations chapter 1, yeah, let's, um, yeah, let's start here in verse 17. It says, and when I saw him, he says, I fell at his feet as dead. Now, what is this speaking of? This is, this is speaking of John. Let's take, a little, let's take a little rabbit trail here. You know, this is John talking about, you know, coming into the presence of Jesus. And what did he say he did? When he came and he saw Jesus face to face, what did he do? He fell down to his feet. Have any of you ever thought, any of you ever meditated on what you would do when you come face to face with Jesus? I'm going to tell you, it's a lot closer than you think. Hmm? What are you going to do when you come face to face with the king? Satan himself bows down to this man. What are you going to do when you come face to face with the king? I mean, I know, you know, I don't know necessarily what I'm going to do, but but I know I know what I'm not going to be doing. 
Amen. I'm not going to welcome to him like, hey, man, what's the crack? How you doing, Jesus? What's up, bro, man? I've been, man, I've been waiting to see you, man. And it, it ain't going to be like that. I know one thing for sure. It ain't going to be like that. Hey, man, I'll probably walking up to him. I'll probably melt in his arms. And I'm being so thankful for the things that he's done for me. I'll melt in his arms after I get up from washing his feet with my tears. Coming down face to face with him, church. I'm telling you, a little bit of reverence needs to come back to the body of Christ. A little bit of reverence on what, on what our king has done. A little bit of reverence on who he, who he is and what he is in our life. Listen, church, I'm telling you, he's absolutely amazing. He says, when I saw him, he goes, I fell at his feet. This is one that walked with him. He said, when I saw him, I couldn't do anything else. I just fell down to his feet like I was dead. And Jesus, he said, he laid his, his right hand upon me and he said, fear not. He said, I am the first and I am the last. I'm the beginning, I'm the end. I, I, I am the first and I am the last. He says, I am he that lives. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I, and behold, I live forevermore. He says, listen, I'm the one that, that, li- that was alive with you, and I'm the one that also died. He goes, but take a look at me now. I'm the one that's going to live forevermore. He says, amen. I mean, come into agreement with that. He says, and I have the keys to hell and to death. I have the keys to hell and to death. Now, now you might find that a little bit strange, that right in the middle when, when John's laying down at his feet, and he's saying, listen, listen, I'm... I'm the one that was alive and I was dead. I'm alive forevermore. Why do you say I'm the one that has keys to death and to hell? Why, 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 would, why would Jesus, why would, he, why would he put forth this statement here? Why, what is he saying? You know, if you understand what keys represent, church, you understand exactly why he said this. Amen. He said, what? He said I, I'm, the one, I'm the one that has authority. Your keys represent authority. He said, listen, I'm the one that has the authority, not just, not just in heaven. I'm not the one that has just authority. In I'm the one that has the keys to death. I'm the one that has the keys to hell. I'm the one that has authority over these things, amen, which is absolutely amazing. What's he saying? I'm the one that conquered. I mean, I'm the one that conquered. I'm the one that now has the authority over both of these things. I possess. I possess the keys. Now, listen, the keys can be pretty interesting even here, here on, the, on, this, on this natural level here. Yeah, because they, they, they represent the same thing that they do, what Jesus is talking about. They represent authority. You know, like Kimberly and myself, we have the keys under our own house, under our own home. You know, we, 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 we possess the keys. We're the ones in authority over that household. Amen. We own the household. Amen. When we, say, we can say when the heat goes on and when the heat goes off even if there's a disagreement between us two on that. You know, we can say when the heat goes on, when the heat goes off. We can say when you put the electric on, when the electric goes off. We can say, you know, what the color of the paint needs to go on the walls or if we just feel like graffitiing on the walls. We can say, we're going to put this piece of furniture in here and then we're going to remove it out of there. We can set bedtimes in that place. Why? Because it's our house and we are the ones with authority over it. We are the ones with authority over it. I mean, no one can trump that authority. See, I can invite all you guys over to the house. I mean, you can't trump my authority in the house. I'm the one that owns the keys to it. I mean, you can't walk in there and say, you know what? I really don't like that gray color you used on the wall. I like hot pink, so I'm going to start painting your walls hot pink. That's not going to happen. I mean, you can't go walk into our shelves and say, oh, I like that. I like that painting. I like this. I'm going to go ahead and just take these and and walk out of the house. You can't do that. Why? It's not not your place. It's mine. I'm the one in authority. We are the ones with authority in there. I mean, you can't walk into us and and start looking at our children and say, you know what? I really don't like it that your kids have to be in bed by 10 o'clock. I don't like it, the amount of screen time that you allow them to have. You know, I'm coming in here and I say, you know what? They can stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning and play screens all night long. Church, that's not going to happen in my house. Why? Because we're the ones that are in authority there. We make the rules. I mean, we are the ones that are in authority. You understand? I mean, that, that's what the keys represent. I mean, it, it, it's our place. But see, the amazing thing with keys are, you know, if you have the keys, you also have the authority to delegate that to someone else. You have the authority to delegate that, that authority to someone else. I mean, you can give those things over. Now, we may be the key holders of our house, but listen, there's some people that, that, we, that we trust over our houses, amen? You know, like, you know, Cynthia may have a key. You know, Lane up there, you know, he, he's, he's authorized, amen, to have a key to the house, amen? You know, look at tomorrow over there. Tomorrow has a key, tomorrow has a key and passcode to everything we have. And she may be Russian, amen, but I'm telling you, she, she is absolutely trustworthy, <laughs> amen? So, well, she, she would have a key to everything, 
that, that we possess. Why? But, but see, you, you, you give that over. I mean, you, you, you lend that. You say, listen, I'm the one in authority. Now, now I give that. Now, why would you give that authority over? Why? Because you can trust that it'll be done exactly according to what you want in the house. There is no, there is no, there is no, there is no, you know, wondering, you know, oh, well, maybe this isn't going to happen. No, you know exactly why. Because, because the, that's why you trusted them with the authority. That's why you trusted them with the authority. Now, listen, church, I know that, I know that sounds kind of awkward, but listen, we, the, the reason why I'm saying this is because we have really good news, church. See, Jesus, although he's the one that says, I'm the one that has keys to all these things. Listen, he handed authority over to his people. He handed authority over to the church, amen, which is something we have got to grab a hold of. Listen to here in, in, in um, yeah, listen, yeah, let's go here to Matthew. Go to Matthew 28. These verses have just been jumping all over me here lately. The very last, the very, the very last uh, uh, chapter and verses of, of Matthew 28, what many of us call the Great Commission. If you got a Bible like mine, it probably says it at the, at the very title of it. I mean, what, what did Jesus say here? In, in, in verse 18, in verse 18 it says, and, and Jesus came and he spoke unto them, saying, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. He said, Go therefore, go therefore, and, 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 and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded you. He said, Lo, I'm going to be with you until the end of this age. And he says, All authority, you know, all power, that, that Greek word for power there is exousia. It means, it means to have authority. It's not just power like strength and muscle power or supernatural explosive dunamis power. No, it means authority. What does authority mean? It means, it means power or authority to act upon. Usually it is a conferred power or a delegated authority or empowerment. Amen. You say, so who conferred, who gave this authority over to Jesus? How is he the one that has the authority over heaven and earth and all things that dwell within it? Why does he have this power? Because the Father gave it to him. Amen. The Father gave him a name. Amen. Amen. That is a, that is above every name. Jesus doesn't. Oh, Jesus does not just have the authority over heaven, church. He has the authority over this earth as well. He says he looked right at him and said, "Barry, I have authority not just in heaven." But everything that happens around here, I have authority over everything down here as well. You say, well, why is that important? I mean, is it Jesus the one that's doing all these things? Is Jesus the one making these storms? Is Jesus the one, you know, bringing hurricanes? Is Jesus the one bringing recessions? Is Jesus the one, you know, making Russia go against Ukraine? Is, is Jesus the one doing these things? What about these famines? Is all that because of Jesus? I mean, this is what most of the church believes. Oh, if these things happen to me, Jesus must have been the one that did it. He's the one that has authority. Amen. But church, if we just keep on reading, and we just keep on reading, don't just, don't just go to a scripture and stop. You know, yep, Jesus is the one that has authority. All this stuff, he's the blame for it. No, that's not necessarily the case. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He says, but now, he says, now what? Go ye therefore. He immediately begins to speak to us. And he says, now you go therefore. You're going to have to go you have you have something to do what what does go there for mean it's a it's a conjunction you say what does that mean it's connecting the verse above it i mean it's it's, it's connecting the previous thought above it jesus saying listen all the authority of heaven and earth has been given unto me now listen here i'm giving it to you go 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 i have the authority i'm telling you to go I'm telling you to go. Why? Because I'm the one that has authority in heaven and on earth. I'm sending you. You go in my authority. You go in my name. You go in my spirit. Amen. And you begin to disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded you. But you're going to have to go. What was Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm not going to go do it for you. He said, I'm having it. I'm delegating it. Now you have to go. Now you go and you follow every command I've commanded you and then begin to teach them to the people that are around you. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to do these things. Yeah, we're, in, we're in, right next to Mark. Go to Mark 16. We'll, we'll look at his. We'll look at, we'll look at Mark's uh, account of this. 
And in Mark, it says in verse 15, it's uh, chapter 16, verse 15, it says, Go ye into all the nations. It says, Preach the gospel to every living creature. Those that believe, amen, and are baptized, they shall be saved. And those that, that believe not, they shall be condemned. They shall be condemned. Amen. He says, Go into all the world. Well, see, it's, it's commanded. He commanded, he said, he said, Go into all the world. Listen, if you, if you are commanded or if you are sent, I mean, if you were commanded or, or you were sent, listen, you are going in the authority of the one who's commanded you or the one that sent you. Do we understand that? I mean, see, if, if a man in the military, if, he, if, if, if the general sends him to go do something, what is he going? He's going in the authority of the general. Amen. He, he goes and he can do exactly what the general has asked him to do because the general is one that sent him. Amen. See, this is, this is why it's real scary in the church environment where we have, we have people that, that, that try to go out and do things that aren't sent. Amen. We, we got we, we to wait on Jesus. We got to wait on the Holy Spirit. We got to wait on his word and allow him to send us because when he, he sends us, amen, we can walk in his power because if we, if we go and try to do things that he hasn't sent us to do, you're going to be using your own power and your own authority to do something. And listen, church, that is a scary place to be. A scary place to be. We want to go in his authority, walking with his power so we can have Jesus backing us up in everything that we are doing, everything that we're doing. But see, listen, if we'll just be obedient, if we'll just be obedient, come on, church, if we'll just be obedient and, and, and follow what the, what the Lord has for us, I mean, I'm telling you, he'll, he will make what he has called you to do evident to everyone. We, see, this is why I always tell leaders when I'm, when I'm teaching leaders, listen, church, you, guys, you never, you never have to go around claiming to be someone. You never have to go around and want desiring titles and all these kind of things. Because listen, church, all these things do is lead you wide open for offense. It just leads you wide open for strife. It leads you wide open to get, to get mad at this person, mad at that person. And listen, when we do those things, listen, it don't only hurt you. Amen. I've been around the church, the church for a long enough. Listen, it don't just hurt you. It hurts the church. Amen. So we don't want to step out in front of what God's trying to do to try to make us someone. No, just sit back, allow God to fill you up, allow him to, to grow you up, allow him to train you up. And then what he will begin to announce to people around you what he's asked you to do. Why? Because you'll be walking in his authority. It'll be undeniable. It'll be undeniable. Otherwise, you're just setting yourself for failure. And listen, church, that's not a good place to be. Amen. But listen, he has sent us all to do something. He told us to do what? He said to go into all the world. He said to go into all the world and to preach, go into all the world and reveal, go into all the world and allow, your, allow yourself to be a demonstration, amen, of the kingdom of God into the whole world, amen. But we need to go in his authority, right? We need to go in his authority. In the very next verse, he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. He says, in my name, you'll cast out devils. In my name, you'll speak in new tongues. In my name, he says, you'll take up serpents. In my name, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In my name, we will do those things. Why? Because it's a sign. See, these aren't, these aren't a sign. It's not a billboard to lift us up. And see, this is where I think a lot of the modern-day church has got, got it mixed off. Like, man, I, if I could just have you know, the gifts of miracles operate me, the gifts of healing, man, it would be so amazing. You know, people are going to recognize how, how great I am. And listen, church, listen, church, this is not what the signs are for. Amen. The signs are like a billboard that are to point people to Jesus. Amen. We'll humble ourselves like Jesus did. Amen. There'll be signs that begin to follow you. Why? Because it points the way to Jesus. It points the way to the kingdom. Amen. It reveals the kingdom. It's just like if you're driving from here down to Dublin, you're going to see, you're going to see signs that are going to say, you know, Dublin, what, you know, 150 kilometers or what, however far it is. And then you're going to see it gets down to hundred. You're going to see it gets down to 70, 75, then, then 50, then 25. And then you're going to find you arrived. See, this is what we are. Amen. We're signs. Amen. See, when we're, when we have, when we're full of the Holy Ghost and full of his word, we ought to be a sign, a billboard that's blinking, that's saying, listen, listen, Jesus is there. The kingdom is, is real. God is real and he loves you. He adores you. He'll do exactly what he said. Just let me put my hands on you and prove it out. It proves him out. It's proof of him. It's proof of him. Not, not, not proof of who you are. It's, it's proof of him. Amen. It's the real, real Jesus. I mean, what does the Holy Spirit do? 
Oh, he gives me goosebumps. He's real cool. I like it when he hates. No, the, the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. He wants to reveal Jesus in your life. He wants to reveal Jesus to the church. He wants to reveal Jesus to every one of these people, all the drunks, all the drug addicts. Amen. All these people that are, that are, that are latched up in the dungeon that our sister was talking about over there. This is what the Holy Ghost wants to do. He wants to, he wants to shine the light on these things so people can get free. But it's going to come through you. It's going to come through you. He says, these signs, if you allow yourself to be a sign, because these signs will follow them that believe, if we can be a believer. He says, in my name, glory to God, in my name, we shall cast out devils. You, anyone know how to make devils leave? Hmm? Uh, do we got to call a, a big prayer meeting and fast for 40 days and maybe, maybe, maybe then we can cast out a devil? No, no, no. That's not what it says. He says, these signs will follow them that believe. And we can just believe. He says, in my name, amen, we shall cast out devils. I mean, I'd never advise someone, church. I'd never advise you, listen, you, you don't, don't ever go to a devil. You, you see someone that's possessed or oppressed by a devil or even sickness upon them, don't ever go, don't ever go to, to one of these things and, and, and become on your own righteousness. You know, oh, I've, I've read the, this amount of the word. I have this many scriptures memorized. I've prayed this much. I've fasted. So now you're going to have to leave. I'm going I'm to show you how great my name is. Now you're going to have to leave. I'm going to tell you, you'll end up happening to you exactly what happened to the seven sons of Sceva. You say, what is that? You end up getting beat up, stripped naked, and sent on down the street embarrassed. Amen. Why? Because you, because you yourself, you have no power. You have no power over the adversary. I mean, it, it blows me away, the absolute disrespect. I mean, this is isn't this what the, the, the book of Jude is talking about, the absolute disrespect of, of the supernatural things of this world. You know, he, he says, he says Michael, Michael wouldn't even, even, even talk in disrespectfully even to Satan when they're arguing over Moses' body. Amen. But we, but we think, oh, I'm, I'm big, bad, I'm tough, man. My name's Ryan, man. I can, you know, get the devil in here, man. I'll put him in a, in a, in a death lock. I mean, you're crazy. It's ignorant. I mean, you don't have more strength than he does. But I tell you what, you do have more authority. I mean, if we'll, if we'll humble ourselves and, and yield ourselves unto Jesus and allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to work through us, you'll find these things have no power over you. Amen. But it's not something, I mean, we've we got to get out of our own arrogance. I mean, the Western church, man, we have arrogance that comes through the church like it's mental. Amen. We've got to get rid of these things and allow, allow his goodness, amen, to, to begin to flow through us. Hallelujah. Here in verse 19. And I'll finish up somewhere around here. In verse 19, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, it says he, received, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. He says, And they went forth and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the words with signs following. Isn't that beautiful? It says that the, the Lord was working with them as they, as they trusted the word, as they trusted the command, as they yielded unto the authority, they, the authority they possessed. It says they went out and they began to do exactly what Jesus asked them to do. And then what happened? Jesus and the Holy Spirit backed it all up. Jesus and Holy Spirit backed up every single thing that he said. Why? Because Jesus will confirm the things that you speak. Hmm? Your words line up with his words, he will confirm them. I promise you, 100% of the time, he'll confirm them. Listen, just down in, in Dundalk last Wednesday, we're down there uh, ministering the word of God. And there was a guy that, that came up. I haven't seen him for a while. He came up and, and, he, and uh, during the, you know, the ministry time because he needed, he needed prayer. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, man, I'm just having these real bad heart problems. I'm, so, I mean, I'm in and out of the hospital. I, you know, so I just got a, an excruciating pain there. I, and I, I know what it is, but, but I, I just need healing for it. So what do we do? We came into agreement. We laid hands on him. Amen. He fell out. His head heads against the stinking, uh, the stinking post in the middle of the church. Amen. After, after the church, he came up to me and said, hey, Ryan, just like, I, I, need, I need to tell you something. I need, I, need to, I need to give you a testimony of something that happened. He goes, you know, you know, when I was up there, he goes, these same pains I was feeling, I had heart surgery like two years ago or three years ago. And he goes, I had, heart, and I, I'm you, I had those same exact pains, amen, that, that I was having right there. But he said, as soon as we came into agreement, as soon as you laid hands on me, the Holy Ghost came upon me and every single pain left my body. He goes, my heart feels perfect right now. Why? Because Jesus will confirm. He'll confirm the words that we speak. He'll confirm what we believe according to his word if we will stick with it. If we will stick with it. Amen? So what does his authority look like? Let me lay 
We'll lay a little bit here so we can get into it by the, when I come back next weekend. What, what does this authority look like? In a legal sense, it's like a power of attorney. Does anyone know? Do you all know what a power of attorney is? Amen. So it's, like, it's in a legal sense, his authority that he has given over to us, that he's given to us, it's like a power of attorney, meaning, meaning that, we can, that we can trade, we can sign for, we can conduct business on, on his behalf. Right? Now, we, we just gave this ample, uh, example, you know, about, about the keys, that when Jesus, you know, has, has given us over this authority, it's almost, it's like he gave us a power of attorney, like, like tomorrow. You know, if, I was, if we were going for, for several months and we were going to go on a missions trip and we we're going to be gone for several months, I could give her an, a power of attorney, and it would be very specific, amen, but it means she could sign, she could work, she could pay bills, she could, you know, do things for expenses, what, what, whatever it may be, she could do these things, and she could go actually up to the bank with this power of attorney and say, listen, I I can sign off on this account, amen, because this, because this signature right here, when I sign off, it's just like him signing it. It's just like Ryan signed it. Why? Because I gave her this power of authority. And listen, church, this is exactly what Jesus has done for any and every one of us. You say, well, could that be, could that be misused? Couldn't she, couldn't tomorrow, couldn't she abuse that and something happen? It's like, well, absolutely you could. Absolutely you could abuse it, amen, but it would just relinquish the amount of authority she'd have in the future. And then it relinquished the amount of authority she had in the future. Now listen, church, this is why Jesus, when he passed over authority to the church and he told us to go to do the things he's asked us to do, he was very specific on how he gave us this authority and how we're able to use it and who we're supposed to be able to use it upon. Amen. So you say, what do I mean by that? Listen, church, authority, authority in the kingdom is never to lord over people. Hmm? It's never, never to lord over people. That's disgusting. It's never to lord over people. Jesus didn't lord himself over people. He was the greatest servant that ever walked this earth. Amen. Now, he was a leader, yes, but he didn't lord authority over. This authority is never to lord over people. It's never to harm people. It's never to put curses on people. Good night. I'm telling you, there's a lot of charismatic witchcraft out there. Hmm? It's not to lord over people. It's not to harm them. It's not to curse people. Amen. It's not, it's not to do those kind of things. Amen. It's not, it never should be used for those. It's used specifically to do what? To push back darkness. To push back darkness. To lord over darkness. Amen. To keep darkness in its place, to keep it defeated. Anytime it raises its head up against you, you can speak again, and it has to abide by the things that are coming out of your mouth. This is what authority is for. It's not, it's not for man. Listen, the authority we have is to push back darkness, but it also gives us the ability to humble ourselves and serve man, to serve people, to serve the church, to serve the people outside of this world. Amen. Because even, I'm telling you, listen, church, just because the, you know, the uh, people outside of the four walls of this church don't agree with you does, doesn't mean, you know, you have the right to speak to them and, and curse them and do some of these things. No, 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 we're here to serve. We're here to serve. We're here to serve people. Amen. We use authority against darkness. Amen. So we'll, we'll jump into some of that stuff next week or the, the week after and kind of dig in a little more on, on, on how we are to use this. Now that we know how he got this authority, now, church, we got to learn how to use it. We know how to use it as the kingdom would have us to use it with meekness, yet with power. Amen. With honor. Amen. Why? Because I'm telling you, church, you will find out there is just something. Man, there's just something about that name when you begin to speak it. It brings men down to their knees. It raises people from death unto life. It makes sickness and disease run. It makes devils tremble. And it'll raise people from the dead, even as, you know, I think that was Pastor Kimberly that was talking about that. Some amazing things that will happen if we'll just learn how to use it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's pray. We'll, we'll dismiss out of here. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Yeah. How oh, we thank you for your mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for defeating death, hell, and the grave and defeating it for us. We thank you, Lord, for the authority that you place in your church. Lord, give us a revelation. Help us understand what you purchased for us. Lord, that we don't have to live the lives that, we, that we've been living, Lord, that, that there is a better way, Lord. We can live in heaven here on this earth. You know, there's an open heaven above us, so we don't have to seek for you to rip open the heaven. You've already done it. 
and you've poured out everything that we need. Lord, let's come to the place of honoring your word. Let's come, first come to the place of honoring you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we adore you. Hmm. We say our lives are for you. We say our lives are for you. We thank you, Lord, for the name. We thank you for the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability to use it. So we make a confession in your name. As we've come in union with you and in your name, we make a confession. We stand on Psalms 91 that says, No evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling places. Lord, for you give your angels charge over us, Lord, to, to keep us in all of our ways. Lord, they'll, they'll bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our foot against a stone. We shall tread upon the lion and the serpent, the serpent and the, and the young dragon and the lion, the lion and the dragon shall we trample underneath our feet because we've set our love upon you. You say, therefore, you'll deliver us. You said you'll set us on high because we've known your name. You said we shall call upon you. You'll answer us. You'll be with us in trouble. You'll deliver us. You'll honor us with long life. Will you satisfy us, Lord, and show us our salvation? Because we're people that, that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We'll say to the Lord, you are a refuge, you are a fortress. It's in you whom we trust. We don't trust in chariots and horses. We don't trust in anything else. We trust in you. We trust in your name. We trust in the King. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are protected. By any means of our modes or of travel that we may have this week, we thank you we're protected on the, the seaways, the railways, the airways. Lord, the motorways, Lord, even these, these back roads, Lord, even, even the walk paths, Lord, we're protected. Lord, there is no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself that shall come against us or harm us, Lord. We are protected by you. We honor you. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the gathering of people. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for, for our brothers and sisters that aren't here today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, they are protected in all that they're doing in this busy season, Lord. We thank you for them. We love them. We honor them. We walk out of here in faith and love towards you, walking out of here loving one another. Thank you, Lord, for the ambassadors of Christ you've called each and every one of us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood. We're empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.